So it isn't that I've been inspired by God and now here I am using my hands and my strength and my power because Jesus is absent. He's all the way up there in heaven and he can't yeah. help. I'm the one that's feeding this homeless man right now. No. Uh, yeah. God is the one that has inspired that and moved you. And because and in as much as you are a member of the mystical body, then it is Christ himself who is giving that man a sandwich. I'm sitting across Father Joe, a Catholic priest. Yeah, and I'm sitting across Oscar, a Catholic layman, husband, slash father. Yeah, so no. Um, all right. So last week we were talking about um, what the church is, structure, kind of got into hierarchy and how it's not just the hierarchy and it's more than that. And we started jumping into like um, what it is and who it is. And we even got into it where I asked you the question about like, why is it referred to as like, like female? And you right, were able to right. share that. But this week... Um, you were talking about the mystical body of Christ. And I remember you sharing, um, once we were done with brunch and I dropped you off, you're like, um, that's my favorite topic. So it's one, it, I really enjoy talking. Said, I think it's, I think it's not I, topic. I, yeah. It, I, the concept or okay. the, or the, yeah, the theological concept of the mystical body of Christ. I think if we could really explore it and really dive into it, I think that could be, just like dynamite, right? It yeah. could just blow things wide open and it could do all kinds of really things. And maybe I'm overhyping it and hopefully no, we do no, it justice I, today. I, I think um, when, and you've kind of shared a bit, but I think of the body, right? So the whole body and I, uh, mystical body of Christ, and you said with Christ as, as the head, mm -hmm. correct? But I think, you know how our bodies, uh, or at least right now, we're sharing that I, we had gone on vacation. I got sunburned. So there were parts of my body that I was like, like, no, that's like irritating. Yeah. So I, I think I, I'm going to enjoy diving into like when you're sharing the concept mm -hmm. and who is the mystical body of Christ. And I'll probably have some questions on like. That's so it, is that's it, so as we're recording this, we just had episode four launch or get, go yes. live. Um, and so I was listening to episode four, uh, I think it was just yesterday and <laughs> it was just kind of laughing. I was like, man, we really took some metaphors and we just like went to town with those metaphors and just kind of, I, I, I think I, yeah, I did say it several times, I think twice or three times in the, in the, in the podcast itself. I said, man, we really are beating this dead horse. <laughs> um, but it, it worked. Right. And so I think that we could maybe do something quite similar with, this notion of the mystical body of Christ, because it is meant to be body, right? In, in, in the full sense of the word, a corporeal, um, physical, uh, tangible experience of something that is mystical, that is um, beyond what we can see, beyond what we can touch, beyond what we can uh, understand fully. So I think that you can, you can have a lot of fun with this. Um, I will maybe, I want to make like a, a slight... I don't know if the correction is the right word, but just like a, a little calibration, if you will. 
um, you said that that we had said that the that the church is is so much more than the hierarchy. And um, when you said it right now, I was like, well, I don't know if it's more than the hierarchy. I think that the mystical body is just another mode of talking about it, a different way of speaking about who who the church is really. Um, and like all images of the church, it's going to be lacking in some ways. And so, you, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of the, the, the theological way that we talk about the church is that you use all these different images, all these different uh, metaphors in conjunction to really get a better uh, view of what the church is because it she is a hierarchy. But as I pointed out, a hierarchy includes things that maybe we don't normally think about. So we usually think about it as priests, deacons, bishops, cardinals, pope. But it includes religious brothers and sisters. It includes the lay the laity. Uh, it includes um, angels. It includes uh, the saints in heaven. Uh, so there's this. So it's a cosmic hierarchy um, that's beyond what we see. And if you look at it that way, then yeah, okay, that's it's not more than that. It's just a different way of expressing. Yeah, that's true. That. It's still a hierarchy, mm -hmm. and but it's far more levels than what our eye can see. Because as we'll point out. Even in the body, there is hierarchy, right? I mean, yeah. When I was, I mean, I can cut off your nails, your toenails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No, I don't know why I had this very graphic, uh, very much horror movie. Of I, I just meant like clipping your nails. I didn't mean like yanking them. <laughs> off. I don't know why I just had this image of one of those torture movies kind of things. But no, like uh, there's a hierarchy, right? And so, like, what would you miss more? Um, you know, your ear or your heart? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm going to miss the heart. Because and that's, if I don't get it, I'm dead. Yeah. That's so like, there is a hierarchy even in the body. We wouldn't call it a hierarchy necessarily, but there is like levels of nearness, importantness of it's all connected. It's all tied. So St. Paul talks about how just because like it. Uh, so basically, like if I stub my toe. Um, it's not just my toe that's in pain, but like I can almost, you can, the feel, whole it. Body you can, feels you can it. feel it all the way. Like, um, imagine if someone yanked a nose hair out of your nose and just imagine that literally imagine someone yanking out your nose, you're going to feel it in every inch yes. of your body, not just in that specific, uh, region. And that's where my thought was going when I talked about like our body and then like I was using that sunburn imagery, mm -hmm. like how, yes, your whole body may be intact, but maybe not think of sunburn or a cut or anything. And it's just nagging and mm -hmm. you like you feel it um, and and that's kind of like, OK, because I know there's those instances like where our body is going through that. And so we might think that's uh, the only thing we're experiencing then, like that yeah. pain or whatever it is. So um, I do want to ask, so the mystical body of Christ, when like I, what is it? Yes. <laughs> how, do, how do we start? Because because I don't I don't I don't think I've like dove into it and like studied that concept so yeah i think, I think, we'll start I think the vast majority of people even catholics cradle catholics um the phrase body of christ we use it almost exclusively when we're talking about communion right yeah, so the priest or the deacon or the extraordinary minister of holy communion will will say the body of christ we answer amen please answer amen people your answer is not thank you <laughs> as some people will say whenever someone says thank you i'm like uh you're welcome the right answer is amen because <laughs> um, amen is yes amen is a, is a, yeah it's like a affirming of, of, of what has been said so um it doesn't strictly mean amen but yes but yeah um 
so that's what normally we hear of as the body of Christ. Uh, but we're talking about the mystical body of Christ, right? So the continuation of God's uh, redemptive work here on earth. So to kind of build this, to kind of set this up, we have to understand that um, one of the most, or not just one of the, so Christianity, when it comes into the scene, right? When it becomes a thing in the world with Christ um, is incredibly revolutionary, Right. Uh, the Jewish faith, as revealed by God, was also revolutionary in that God, uh, Yahweh, or uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, that God, the only God, the true yeah. God, uh, reveals himself to be one God, mm, yeah. and that's it, right? Saying that there are no others. Um, and that's revolutionary, right? For in the, in the biblical world... Um, all countries, all nations, all tribes, all peoples um, had a multitude of gods, right? Uh, they attribute. So you can think of the Greek pantheon, right? Hercules. Yeah. Well, Hercules is, a, is supposed to be a, no, like a, a demigod. Apollo. But you can think, yeah. Well, that would be Roman. But yeah, <laughs> um, that's Roman. But but same thing. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so the, the Romans basically took the Greek ones and just gave them new names. But yeah, you've got uh, Hades and Zeus and... and um, uh, what's the C? It's a Poseidon, right? Yeah. And then those get translated into Mars and Jupiter and Neptune and stuff like that. Um, so they had these multi, multi, a multiplicity of gods. And so the Jewish faith is the first monotheistic faith, right? Mono, one, the, theistic uh, God. God, one God faith. But the Christ, but Christianity is revolutionary for multiple reasons. One, Jesus reveals that God is triune right that there is one god um but that god is three persons right father son holy spirit something that we are still to this very day trying to mm -hmm. grapple and understand and kind of you know plumb the depths of what exactly that means um and then another revolutionary thing about christianity that had never been heard of or thought about was that God could enter into existence himself in, in a corporeal way, right? No other faith says that God became incarnate. No other faith. Um, and, and that's where we need to build it off, right? So because we're going to talk about a mystical body of Christ, we have to first talk about an, uh, a, a, a concrete material body of Christ, right? Jesus comes into the world fully God, fully human. That's a discussion for another day. Yeah. Uh, but he is fully God and fully human. And as fully human, he possesses a body just like yours, just like mine. Probably a little less fat on his, right? I'd like to think. Maybe a little um, taller. A little, a little more uh, Arabic looking because that's yeah. the region that he was born into, right? Right. Um, yeah. Well, maybe not, not. Probably not much taller, I don't think. Uh, no. No, I don't think he would have been terribly tall. Well, we don't know, yeah. but like, uh, but just like the people that were born in that region probably right. wouldn't be that tall. Anyway, so he has a actual body, right? Um, and so what the church professes is that after Jesus's earthly life, Jesus is uh, ascends into heaven um, with his body, right? So he, the scriptures talk about how. Um, Jesus reveal is, is risen from the dead, 
shows himself to the apostles several times, um, speaks with them, teaches them, commissions them to, to the work of that, that has been entrusted to them. And then he ascends into heaven. Um, He's like, Holy peace out. <laughs> peace out. Yes. <laughs> but he also says, behold, I am yeah, with y'all got you. it. But he also says, behold, I am with you even to the end of the years. Right. So, uh, so bodily God, right. Um, but the church, um, now becomes Christ present in the world, right? So uh, he authorizes, right? He commissions his apostles, uh, ordains them, uh, gives them the power to make present the Eucharist, right? Uh, to forgive sins, something only proper to Jesus himself, uh, whose sins you bind on earth are bound in heaven, whose sins you loose are loosed in heaven. Um, and so he commissions them basically to take on the work that he had been, that he, that he is, that, that is his, right? So now don't get me wrong, right? It isn't that Jesus left a project unstar- unfinished, right? It right. isn't that Jesus got 80% done and he <laughs> needed the church to put in the extra 20 because the church as, as people, human beings, uh, has no power to, to, redeem us to save us has no power but the church has the power to take what jesus has already done and to for lack of a better words apply it or share it uh with the people and the generations that come afterwards um so then that's where kind of this mystical body um idea starts to form right is that christ is the head right christ is the head the one that governs the one that uh, sustains us, the one that the mind of Christ is the one that guides us, the one that um, shows us what we're supposed to do. Um, but then we become his arms and his feet yes. and, his, and, 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 and his heart beating in the world today. And I was thinking, as, as you were saying, he's the head, like, um, and how, yeah, we, he's not a limb. He's not like the feet. You know, that just walks for us. But more importantly, he guides us through his mind. And mm-hmm. is that, am I following yeah. you? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, so, so then that, it, I don't know, like there's kind of like more like history of it, but, um, so Christ, you know, reveals himself to the apostles, right? Then ascends into heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Since then, like the whole concept of like the mystical body started being like, no, it, I mean, it's not automatic. Okay. Uh, it's not automatic. It's something that's kind of, we... Kind of revealed ag- little ag- by little? Yeah. Ag- again, um, y- yeah, it's an understanding. It's a way of thinking of the church. Again, it's not the only way of church. Maybe the first Christians would not have referred to themselves as the mystical body of Christ. That would take uh, theologians kind of... Because again, remember that this is revolutionary right so before they even begin to talk about the mystical body of christ they're still trying to figure out how to how stay is it alive that, well yeah, <laughs> how to stay alive because they're being persecuted yeah. good point <laughs> that's a very good point so for 300 years like uh, they're not sitting and thinking not, and- yeah exactly it's 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 not a time of of deep introspection and um and reasoning and and, and kind of figuring that out um it really is uh, the early stages of the church, very first couple centuries, really are about proclamation and people just accept it, right? That this was true and um, the fact that people were willing to die for it 
uh, the seed of the martyrs is the, it, the sorry the blood of the martyrs is the seed of faith is, is a phrase that gets used and so that's what kind of gets people like wow this must be real because people, people are willing are, to die for this yeah. um but then as it as christianity is legalized in the roman empire circa 313 315 or something like that ad um then uh, then Christianity has time to kind of begin to uh, rationalize and understand its 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 own teaching. Um, but like I said, um, revolutionary right there. And so first things first, like como que de Jesus is human and divine at the same time. That's revolutionary. We've never had that before. No one else has ever done it. So we got to figure that out. Como que Father, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's one plus one plus one equals yeah. one uh yeah. you know so so the church has to wrap her mind around that first before she can kind of self-explore and kind of say okay so what is the church right so that's why the church uh i think i've used this phrase before is thinks in centuries right yeah. it takes us a while to kind of figure things out um because it's deep right it's, these are deep um theological insights that require um time to kind of tease out yeah and so the mystical body of Christ, who, if we're thinking of it, like who's part of it? And then obviously there's, if we're thinking in centuries, also some Christians have passed and do they continue being part of that mystical body? Like, yes. I guess those are the questions right. I have. So the mystical body of Christ would include every baptized person in the, in the world throughout, throughout time. Um, and that actually includes, um, to maybe a limited degree um and here i'm kind of hesitant to kind of say what i'm saying because i'm not sure don't take this as gospel truth um uh, but it yeah no i, I i'm probably yeah I guess I the way say, you no, understand no, i can it. say this i can say this I, I think i can say this uh confidently is that it would include baptized in the catholic church baptized in uh lutheran church in the whatever church right Provided they use the valid form of baptism, right? Mm -hmm. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then they would be initiated into the family of God, into the people of God, into all of those other um, yeah. terms for it and mystical into the mystical body. body of Christ. Okay. And so you're baptized, you pass, right? We all pass. Like So So <laughs> what, you, you stay part of the body, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and then... I guess my thing is, all right, so then what's our role? We're part of the body, um, and we, we kind of use a whole uh, imagery of, like, the limbs, the hands. Okay, like, then what's our role there? Um, if you could kind of, like, explain that. Sure. To, to understand what the role of the mystical body of Christ is, which is our role, because that's who we are, that's what we belong to, um, you have to understand the role of Christ, right? So what did Jesus come to do? We mentioned in episode four, and I'm only mentioning episode four because, again, I just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listened yeah. to it yesterday. But we mentioned that Jesus is not just this guru, this smart guy that kind of like, oh, yeah, he's he's inspiring. He's like, uh, he's, he's yeah, like I he draws attention. He's not just that, right? That would not be sufficient to uh, build a religion over. Um, I guess you can build a cult over it, but we're not a cult, right? Yeah. Um, so Jesus is not that. So then what did Jesus come to do? Right. 
We also mentioned in that same episode that Jesus came, yes, to manifest God's love, to show us and to reveal to us that God loves us. Um, but the, if I may, the, the reason why Jesus comes into the world is to heal the division and the separation, the alienation that humanity had from God, right? So in the book of Genesis, uh, God and Adam and Eve would would meet regularly, right? In the, in the cool uh, evening yeah. of the day, God would come down and visit Adam and Eve. Um, and uh, because of sin, uh, they are cast out mm. of, of, uh, of Eden. And, and there's this division that conforms, right? This big chasm that humanity is utterly unable to cross, right? Um, you have broken uh, uh, humanity has broken something divine, right? So something infinite has been broken by the, by the finite human being. So what could the human possibly give to God to make up for it? Yeah. Absolutely nothing, right? This is what I'm about to say is on a much smaller scale an analogy, right? So if, um, if your dog, um, broke yeah, i don't know if you kept the little did you keep the little the little champagne flutes from your wedding some people keep yeah. the little champagne flutes right yeah yeah we have i think they're we probably do. they're probably stored somewhere, yeah. right okay so imagine those you know you pulled them out because it's your anniversary right? yeah. and uh then you had you know you you finished the uh, champagne and you left them up on the counter and the dog jumped up on the counter and knocked them over and crashed them and just broke them into a million pieces right what could your dog what's your dog's name Lucas. Lucas. What could Lucas possibly do to make up for it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to buy you new ones, right? Uh, and even if he even if he could buy you brand new flutes, they would not be the Replaces same flutes, it, yeah. right? And they would not have the same sentimental value that your, your original champagne flutes had, right? Yes. So, again, this is a much smaller scale. Now we're talking about those, that's between two limited finite beings now take it from humanity who's a finite being and god who is infinite and beyond anything that we can uh, fathom or think how do you make up for the broken relationship you can't yeah and in the old testament god gives people uh, the people of israel the op the ability to go to the temple and to offer these uh, sacrifices in reparation, right? Okay, Lord, I, I want to show you that I am indeed sorry for the sins that I commit. And so I offer you uh, this goat, right? Yeah. Um, which is really delicious. And I really wish I could eat it. And my family needs it to, to, to live and to survive and to feed off of, but we're going to give it to you. And so the goat is, is killed, um, all right. of its blood offered. Um, and I mean, this is ritual, right? Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's, they light it on fire and it's completely, um, yeah, yeah. Holocaust offered, offered to God, right? Does that make up for the sin? Still, Still no, right? Because you're offering to God, well, you're basically giving to God something that he created that's yes. his anyway. Right? Um, so even then not enough to make up for. And it's almost like external of yourself. Yeah. 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 And, and so in the Old Testament, through the prophets, God says, I'm not looking for slaughtered calves. And, and even though he was the one that 
authorized that through through the law of Moses, right? But what what God says is, look, that's meant to be an external manifestation of something interior, right? I don't desire sacrifices of animals. Those are mine. Um, I'm not hungry. It isn't that you you offer these animals and then I go, Ooh, good, I'm yeah, satisfied yeah. by it. I'm not hungry. I don't thirst for anything because everything is mine anyway. What I want, what I desire is a contrite heart, is a heart that is sorrowful, that regrets what we've done, that that entrusts itself to him and just surrenders itself to God, right? And uh, that's, uh, I mean, just kind of typical of the human experience that we don't even do that right, yeah. right? Uh, and, and we're stubborn and we uh, continue to do things. Uh, we don't feel as sorry as we should feel uh, for the things that yeah, we right. do that are hurting our relationship with God and hurting our relationship with others, right? So Jesus Christ comes onto the scene, right? So here's somebody uh, who is, again, 100% human. So he can pay on our behalf something, right? Because he's human just like us. But he is also 100% divine. And so he is able to offer something that has infinite worth. Um, and what is that that he offers of infinite worth? His own self, right? He offers himself, literally offers his own body mm-hmm. on the cross, right? So this is God's payment of a debt owed, right? He pays the debt himself through Jesus Christ, who has become man just like us, and so therefore is able to pay that ransom, that debt, right? So this is something that's uniquely, can only be done by Christ. Only God can save, only Jesus, only God can save, um, and only Jesus can offer this on our behalf because he is man like us, right? Um, so that's why we say that Jesus is the only mediator. That's why we say that Jesus, only Jesus saves, right? O- Jesus is the only thing that can, that can offer us this salvation. But we've also said that Jesus does so by offering himself in his body to the Father, right? And that is what creates or gives salvation to the world, right? So if now I am the mystical body, the mystical continuation of that body of Christ, then just as Jesus offered himself on the cross, I'm called to offer myself united to him, which makes me a member of the mystical body, so that that body is still being offered, still being offered. It's outside of time. I know I know that I'm using time-connected um, language, but because yeah. we have no other language. Uh, but then I offer myself through Christ, and I'm able to give it to, to the Father. At the end of Mass, or not at the end of the consecration, excuse me, the Father says, the priest says, through him, with him, and in him, right? So we're offering it through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ, we are offering his body, which is, yes, this piece of bread and this piece of this bit of wine, which is the Eucharist and the sacramental presence of Christ, but also we are offering ourselves united to that because I'm a member of that body. Yes. Wow. So, no, no, you, and I'm glad you connected all that because we were talking about what our role was and um, what Jesus' role was and then now how we 
continue that right in our own role and kind of like the thought that came to me is um how sometimes we say you know god's using you to get to me mm-hmm. like and and we like uh i would love for you to like kind of detail that you know how god doesn't use you in the sense of like reaching out externally to use you it's kind of like god god is working through you would be like the better like way to communicate that or do you get me like how we were talking about how it's not external we're not external like to to god's mystical body is like we are part of it yeah so the, so what you're touching upon is what we we so right before our podcast we started recording we i had mentioned an article that i had read right um that i had partially read yeah. full disclosure did not finish reading <laughs> it um as i as is normally the case with me um, but in the article, it mentions how for many years, and even to this day, um, the mystical body of Christ is not something that we typically think of when we're, taking, when, we, when we're talking about church. More often than not, we think about the church as the people of God. It's, it's, it's the, the assembly gathered at the church where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. The church is not a building. The church is you and the church is me, you know? And so it's this very human centric way of looking at the church, right? Like as if, as if we're the actors, the primary actors with this little God kind of floating around, that's kind of influencing our decisions that there's some value to it, the way, because it helps us to understand that there's just something that we need to, um, share in and, and, and collaborate and, and kind of buy into that's, that's so there's a value there. But what we lose is that that every good deed, every um, every act that is bringing about salvation and healing um, and authentic love is an action performed by God through his members who are you and me. Right. So it isn't that I've been inspired by God and now here I am, Joe, using my hands and my strength and my power because Jesus is absent. He's all the way up there in heaven and he can't help. I'm the one that's, you know, I need a concrete example. So I am the one that's feeding this homeless man right now. No. Uh, God is the one that has inspired that and moved you. And because and in as much as you are a member of the mystical body, then it is Christ himself who is giving that man a sandwich. And he happens to be using his members, you. Yes. So the phrase, kind of hokey, but it's true, is that God uses us as his hands and his feet. That's, that is kind of, again, it sounds kind of hokey and kind of cutesy, right, and poetic, but it is uh, in a very real way true. When are we not, well, we get baptized, we become part of the mystical body. Mm-hmm. Um, do we ever become not part of the mystical body and or does bab- baptism make that permanent and you're just a pimple say, yeah a pimple <laughs> on the mystical body when you're not in line and like or or yeah you want to use you want it, it's because let's get yeah. i think it, i think it helps because yeah, 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 if, if we're sure. looking we're Definitely. counting all of us as members there's some of us um sometimes it's us ourselves that are not in line with uh okay. love and so let's think of you as a cell in the body, literally yes. um, a cell with the with a mitochondria, which is the powerhouse yeah. of the cell. Well, we yeah. all watch the magical school bus, right? Um, so so you're a cell, right? Imagine you were a cell in these in this 
huge mystical body of Christ, right? Because we're talking about billions. Yeah, of billions. People, right? Yeah. right, billions, if not hundreds of billions. So let's say you're a cell, right? And this cell that you are is maybe, again, this is just metaphor, right? So don't yeah. take it terribly serious. But let's say you're a cell in the finger, right? And in this finger, Christ wants to use that finger, that hand, that extension of his arm to help somebody who is in need, right? Yes. The homeless person who is hungry and want and needs a sandwich to live, right? So if you're a cell and you decided, I'm not into this, I don't get it, gross, he's homeless, I'm going to use my money for myself, I'm trying to buy this new uh, computer, um, and so you're ignoring this call and you've decided i'm gonna do my own thing right so and this is i'm no i'm no biologist but what would we call a cell that's not doing what it's supposed to do is it a cancerous cell yeah i mean i'm not exactly sure that that's exactly what cancer is right cancer is is so that's yeah so it's a it's a a deformed cell or yeah. Uh, or a, yeah a, a cell that's not meant to do and act the way it's meant to do so then you become a cancerous cell yeah what does cancer tend to do it tends to proliferate yeah right it tends to create more cancerous cells and more and more and more until it's metastasizes and it's it the whole thing of like the one bad apple right right and so if we want to beat a dead horse again and we want to take yeah. a metaphor and just kind of... <laughs> that's what we do here. That's what we do. We just beat metaphors to death. Yeah. Um, uh, so then we could say that a person that's not, that's baptized member of Christ, that isn't doing what they're called to do, that is not living a life of grace, uh, that is living sinfully and selfishly as possible, becomes a cancer to the rest of that, uh, uh, to the rest of the body. Um now it can be healed, right? It can be healed through God's grace, uh, but it needs to submit itself to that, right? It has to be willing to kind of allow itself to be healed. Yes. So then we remain part of the body. It's just we impact even those like right next to us in a way. And that's like yeah. community. I mean, that's like the domestic church for def us. Definitely. I mean, just just think of like, just think of, and, and, and I'm sure, I, I don't I don't even have to wonder. I know that you have probably met somebody who you associate with the church, right? And when you found out that they were living this double life, or you found right. out that they were, um, este, comen santos y luego demonios. So when you notice that about somebody, then it 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 hurts, right? It, it devastates right. you, and then it it, it smears. Uh, the church and stains the church and becomes a source of scandal, right? And then that itself turn is more sin, and then it kind of again kind of tends to proliferate, right? So then you see how that imagery is very helpful because you can see how, yeah, like this every single cell is important, right? And that and that's another thing is like every single cell of your body is important because any single one of them starts acting up starts doing what it's not supposed to do then that in turn begins to affect the whole body yeah and in, and in a way um no it makes a lot of sense like the imagery around it and in a way we're also called to i would say heal those mm -hmm. like in, in a way right I, I like biologically speaking i don't know so like 
but how our body is like right now actively working to fight off any virus, any mm-hmm. anything that's trying to like like uh, impact us negative in a negative way. So then we're called to do that as well, right? But um, I think you answered both those questions. So like, um, which was like, do we ever become not part of the body, but we mm-hmm. don't? We actually just remain. And the, yeah, like, now, someone else might come up with a different uh, interpretation of this or a different um, uh, take this analogy in a different way, right? Because um, so you could say um, someone who is an apostate. Now, an apostate is is somebody who has basically said, I do not belong to this church. And I knowingly, willingly sever myself off from the rest of even the though church, i was baptized as a even kid. though i was baptized so then there is some sort of connection right it's still okay. going to be a human it's still going to be a mystical body cell if you will but they could indeed cut themselves it's off like a the dead, dead skin cell they just scrape sure. it off right right huh. so that's actually that kind of cool imagery yeah it could be like a dead skin cell that's so that may be dead that because it's happen. not connected to yep. the rest of it and it's not feeding off it's not receiving its life source from the rest of the body then yeah it becomes dead and it very easily gets you know scrubbed off in the shower yeah. in the mystical body shower <laughs> is there a hierarchy i know you did talk about it being a hierarchy right and jesus being the head how about saints and the like in the mystical body is there a hierarchy or uh, I, don't, I don't know what... i don't know that i've ever seen the church kind of talk about it that okay way. i think when you talk about hierarchy and you're trying to mix these two metaphors um, the only, to me, the real, the real important one is the distinction between head and body. Right? Yeah. Uh, so the head will always go first is always the essential, Thinking but that's Christ, great. right? That's Christ now in the mass, right? So at mass, every Catholic that attends mass, every member of the mystical body of Christ is meant to offer himself or herself as part of that body. Right. Um, so a lot of times we think of mass as something that the priest does right father's doing stuff up there he's saying all these prayers and i'm over here watching him do it um and then at some point he calls me up and i'm able to receive the body of christ and and i take my little jesus pill and i go on with my merry way totally wrong way of thinking about it because if we're the mystical body and christ is the one that's being offered then every single person in that church is being offered up to god the father in fact the priest says pray brothers and sisters that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to god the almighty father right um and then the the people pray for the priest may the what is it i don't know i don't i don't say that phrase <laughs> i don't say that prayer um pray brothers and sisters that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to god the almighty may, father. may the lord may accept, accept the sacrifice, sacrifice at your hands, hands yeah for the what lord accept the sacrifice <laughs> at your hands for the for the and the good of all his holy church for the for the praise and glory of his name and the good of the whole, the holy church, right? Yes. I don't know. I never say that prayer. Sorry, people. I'm right on the um, spot, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it happens. Um, but anyway, so the idea is that that all of us are, are offering ourselves together, united with Christ. So if you're sitting in the pew as a spectator, then you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be actively offering yourself to the Father. Now, every person in that church is acting and in persona Christi, in the person of Christ as the mystical body, because we're all members of the body, right? And the priest, by virtue of his ordination, acts as in persona Christi capitis, in the body of Christ, the head, right? So I take on the role of Christ, right? I stand in for Christ and I offer that sacrifice to the Father 
again, my sacrifice and yours, right? I That's one that. role. That's your role. And then how many more roles are there? I, well, I'm not sure I understand the question. Um, yeah, because it's, it's a priest, then it's um, the parishioners, mm -hmm. right? So it's like only those two so roles? So it's the priest slash Christ, okay. right? or I should say reverse that, right? It's Christ slash. acting through his priest as the head, and then it's everyone else united to that head offering themselves Christ to the Father. Wow. Yes. No, and I, you had touched it. I, I think um, in the past, the reason I asked Rose, I remember, I think some long time ago when we were talking, you were sh sharing how it's the priest, it's the the church is like the priest at mass, the parishioners. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if you were maybe the saints, like like you were kind of discussing everything that's going sure. on. Sure, and that would be, that would, all of that would be part of that mystical body, yeah. right? So the saints wouldn't be included there. The people that are in purgatory are, 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 some, are, are some way there too. Um, so all of that is the mystical body being offered together with the priest. Okay, sure. So before we continue, I think we should take a little break here. Okay. Here is your random question of the day. Um, what or sorry who is your favorite superhero and we live in a time of the marvel cinematic universe and the dc extended universe uh team marvel all the way although the <laughs> story of the dc comics are actually um i've always been partial to dc but yeah but like with superman but batman superman. it's okay. super, well to me it's superman, superman okay it's just a good, it's that's just your iconic. favorite superhero no okay but, so mine's iconic and just i think yeah it's, he is of course mm -hmm. but um i'll i'll jump into mine so for me if um i think of i think at work we had to select like um who are a superhero who we wanted to be mm -hmm. and uh for i don't know gathering or something and i always choose iron man and so iron man to me uh represents a little of like my personality, I think he's super sarcastic. He's like witty. He like calls people out, right? And that's a flaw I have, <laughs> you know. And I think I, I've shared that with you, okay. but like, but like that's the Iron Man, all the gadgets and everything he does. And I was pretty sad by the last movie where he. Spoiler. Like, should I say? <laughs> Just no, I have. No, I mean, it's, it's been, been it's out been for a couple years. years. <laughs> but years yeah, he like passes and and he leave, leaves a video for his little girl. Oh that yeah, was, yeah. So whose was, name is Cassie? Really? Oh, wow. I think that's the, my wife's the, name. Yeah, yeah, the daughter's name is Cassie. So, uh, but yeah. Anyways, no, I, never mind. Cassie's uh, Ant Man's daughter. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it is. It's it's yeah. It's uh, Ant Paul Rudd. Ant Man. Yeah. Paul yeah. Rudd. But that's mine. Iron Man. Okay. Did you expect that? A, no, because that's actually because the last time I asked you a question, we had the same answer, yeah. and. Uh, and Iron Man's probably my least favorite. Why? Before you get into your favorite one, why is he your least favorite? His attitude, right? Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, sad. <laughs> it's sad. No, it, it, you either like him or you're like yeah, fed up I, with him. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, don't, I just do not understand why so many people are team Iron Man. Yeah, and I, I am I like team it. Cap as, uh, all the way. Kappa? Cap. Team Cap. Go Cap. Like team Captain Cap America? Way, yeah. Really? That's your favorite Captain superhero? America. I think so. Why? Um... Because I think, and I'm probably copying someone else's idea. I, mean, I know this isn't an original idea, 
But Captain America, I feel, would be the same person with or without the soldier serum. With or without the... Oh, oh like, like think, in other words, what he I stands think for. what you see is what you get. He just happens to have a super, super soldier serum. Yeah. But that, that's, that willingness to sacrifice, that the heroics, the, 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 what makes him a hero to me is not the super serum. It isn't the, 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 the shield. Uh, it's, it's his personality is, is who he is. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That got deep. Nah. Did it? Yeah. No, no, but it was good. But no, so, good. so, wow. Okay. So you're I'm team Iron Man and I'm team Cap. Yes. I kind of feel like I should watch uh civil war again I, yeah iron man was awesome like the first movie he gets out of the where whatever cave he's in but mm -hmm. ever since that first movie that right i think Stark that's maybe why people like yeah, um, I, yeah i think that i think that's i think that's one of the reasons why at least in the, in the time of the marvel cinematic universe i think that's partially why because he was the first made well Technically, the Hulk uh, before yeah. Incredible Hulk, and then Iron uh, but Man. But everyone forgets about that movie. But then it was Iron Man. Iron Man. Yeah. Then Captain America, right? Uh, yeah. Was he? I guess it would have been. Yeah, because yeah, Ant Man the, and Black Panther and all those came after. Yeah, like I, the movies. I, I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because it would have been like Captain America, the first Avenger, or whatever it's called. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Awesome. So now we'll get back to more important yeah. things. We'll get back. You were talking about how we all we become, you know, the mystical body of Christ in mass, right? And then you talked about like the saints and parishioners, you as a priest there, but and then you said the souls in purgatory and kinda I'm like Ding. like I just wanted to ask that, right? But so even so even I said like so but souls in purgatory at one point, um, are they in purgatory also because like in a state of sin and and so they were still part of the body. They're not mm -hmm. cast out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Where's he going with They are members of the body. Uh-huh. And so in a way, the imagery I got here was then it's our role as the living, like right now, to kind of pray for those souls in purgatory and actually turn them to kind of be in line. Am I... Um. I, I guess so. Um, we are called to pray for the dead and, and, and souls in purgatory. Um, it doesn't depend on us. I think that's that's kind of where I'm getting a little hang, hung up on it. So it doesn't, it's not like, it's not like the souls in purgatory. Like, man, I wish someone would just offer a mass for me. If not, I'm like, just going to be like here Coco. forever. <laughs> Right. Where yeah, he's like, exactly. like, remember me. It isn't, yeah. It isn't, act, it isn't exactly like, remember me. Yeah, yeah. And then like, oh, I remembered him. He's good now. No, it's, <laughs> it's not like that. Um, so, <laughs> that's a really good way. I of, just had that thought because, you know, like we're thinking mystical people are, body. People are fascinated by souls in purgatory. We're fascinated by purgatory in general. Yeah? yeah. You think? People are fascinated. Do you get a lot of questions on that? Yep. What, what type of questions? We just like... What's it like? What are they doing? Maybe what can uh, we do? Maybe a loved one that passed already yeah. there. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But um okay, no, the reason I think of that is because we're talking about mystical body. So I'm like like one, uh, I guess for my own awareness, is like, okay, what would keep me from being part of the mystical body of Christ? And we touched a little on like sin on 
like uh, deciding I'm gonna this is not for me I'm gonna walk away but then when purgatory came up I was also thinking oh like there like maybe that here's what I would add to to what we've said is that um, so for for, uh, one of my favorite lines in the Eucharistic prayer and the prayers of consecration at mass is that we pray that we might become one body one spirit in Christ one body right one mystical body one spirit in Christ right uh, so that's that's Jesus's prayer for the Father. May they be one as you and I are one, Father. And this is from the Gospel of John at the Last Supper, right? So Jesus is always calling us to unity, right? And for us to work as a cohesive body, right? Now, I, I don't want you to think that like whenever I rebel that I'm forcing Jesus's hand and he can't do what he wants to do, right? So yeah. Jesus is beyond us, right? But... If I'm if if I want to contribute to us to become one body, one spirit in Christ, then that means that I have to submit myself to the will of Christ, right? It has to be his will that's operative and not just mine. Again, if I decide that I'm a cell that's gonna do my own thing, then I become problematic. So instead, I need to kind of discern what is it that God's asking me to do, calling me to do, and then I and then I, I go with that. And the cool thing for me as a liturgist my favorite things about mass is that mass almost becomes like this this training ground of how the mystical body is supposed to work right so for example um if i decided um so at mass we say um lord i am not worthy that you should enter under my roof but only say the word and my my soul soul shall be healed healed. right we pray that at mass so if i decided to because i wanted out of the pious, um, maybe not pious in a, in a negative sense, but because I love God and because I recognize my my littleness before him, if I decided that I want to say, um, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter into my lowly, unimportant house, but only say the word and fill me with your grace. And so if I started adding to that, right? Yeah. Imagine if everyone did that at mass, right? Then it'd be like, man, blah, 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 yeah. and it's all over the place, right? Um, then we're not acting as a single like body, order, right? That, so, that, so that ordering, exactly. So that ordering, that, that structure of the mass is not the church trying to impose its will and trying to kind of like force us into this monotony of mass. It's for our sake so that we learn uh, to, to be in sync with other people, right? So... At every parish, and this is one of the my biggest pet peeves at Mass, right? Yeah. Is we pray the Our Father and we're praying it all together, right? Our Father who Lord art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. And there's always that one or two people. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they finish like when we're barely halfway, right? <laughs> and in my mind, I think, cool, bro. Like... You want like a cookie or, or, or something? Like, good job. You 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 know it all. <laughs> Impressed, you know? Why? You know, why are you doing that? We are praying together, to praying this together as one body, one spirit. We are saying he is our father, right? So that so that really calls for us to kind of be saying it together in unison as one body, one spirit, right? Um, and so so when people speed through things it, it, or, or go way too slow, it, it drives me insane. 
And really, again, it's it, it, it becomes this kind of training ground, right? So if we all wanted it, if we really all work towards saying it in unison, and this is true for the Our Father, it's true for the Creed, it's true for every other every prayer day, yeah. that gets said at Mass. Um, what does that require? It requires that sometimes I'm going to have to go slower than I wish. Yeah, you put other Sometimes shirts. I'm going to have to go faster than I wish. Sometimes I'm not going to be able to add my two cents and my sense of, uh, of spirituality to something injected into. Sometimes I have to, um, not, not sometimes, I will always have to keep in mind the other members of the body. Um, it's not just me and Jesus. It isn't just me and Jesus and how, how good he makes me feel. It's me and Jesus and the rest of the mystical body. That's the other beautiful part about that mystical body yeah. notion is that not a single one of us is by ourselves, right? That we need, we need community. We need each other. Uh, we are all being saved as a body, not individually. So every person that I meet, whether they're baptized and they're members of the mystical body or they're unbaptized and they are potential members of the mystical body, then they're important to me. And I can't dismiss them. I can't ignore them because to do so is only to hurt myself. And um, so with that with being mass and just one thought that came to me also. So um, like the sacrament, right? Or matrimony as well, right? Being in line with that mm -hmm. is part of the mystical body. Yeah, definitely. So when you're out of line also, in a way, that all contributes to that. So it's not only mass, it like extends beyond mass and yeah, all through the, sac the sacraments. Definitely. All the sacraments are adding order. I yes. mean, confession is going to kind of, we've veered off um, and we need to um, be brought back into the fullness of who Christ is. Uh, same thing with the anointing of the sick, which is a healing sacrament, right? So also being brought back into communion with everyone else. Uh, praying for the, if God wills it, you know, the healing, the physical healing of the person, but also to reintegrate them into the, the the mystical body so when we when i pray the the um when i'm doing the anointing of the sick at the hospital for someone who's dying part of the prayers are saying that they um that they be reintegrated be be members of the body uh, and members of the church and members of the community and so part of that all of that is is kind of doing that so the same thing yeah marriage uh, marriage is called to a fruitfulness in, of life, right? So children mm -hmm. uh, for which, who are new potential members of the mystical body, uh, that sign of unity between the husband and wife is a, is a sacramental sign for everyone else of unity that we're all called to. Um, so all of the sacraments. Kind Out of order. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think we went, um, we dove yeah, into I, that topic, right? Yeah, no, 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 no. We dove into that concept, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, I think, just enough, right, to uh, provide some, like, an image of, of kind of, mm -hmm. like, what it represents. Um, is there anything else you wanted to share? No, nah, I'm all spent, man. That's it. Yeah? <laughs> all right. That's so, it for now. Then um, we will see you all next time, or you'll hear us next time. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>